Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. We've got a very exciting show coming up for you. I am bringing you behind the scenes of the launch of the State of Social Media in the Public Sector Report USA for 2021. I'm going to let you know how the United States government and public sector actually measures up against Ireland, Australia, and even on the global digital landscape. So over the past six months, I've been working on the study in collaboration with Rogers Communications in California, and I've been analyzing the data of 736 federal and state agencies. This resulted in 2,112 social media profiles being audited, nine core metrics over a 90-day period, and then we looked at four social networks, and they were Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. As you can imagine, this has been an extraordinary piece of work, but I've been so curious as to how the social media landscape looks in other parts of the world. I've looked at Ireland, I've looked at Australia, and so the United States seemed like a natural next country to have a look at. So coming up on the show, I will give you all the results of that report. We'll also hear from Jaime Rojas from Rojas Communications, who are based in the uh, west of the United States and who are working on the ground in digital communications over there. And you'll also hear from government agencies who performed really well in that report. So stay tuned. So let's have a think about what this report actually does and the methodology that we that we went through. So it really brings you right across the United States of America. And in fact, there were 17 states profiled. And in fact, having those early conversations with Jaime, it was really around, you know, where should we put our efforts and what do we want to achieve? So you can see that it's a it's a broad uh, report. And of course, we have 17 states there, over 2,000 social networks from over 1,700 government agencies, a lot of data to analyze. Um, and so we ha do have Jaime and Tamarin who are here with us, and they're going to um, come back to us a little bit later on. So let's get into the report methodology. It might be a little bit less sexy than the findings, but I can tell you that it's really, really important to, to, to outline and to be very transparent with you as to our approach. And this is an independent report, um, and it's important to point that out. Um, our only mission and our North Star in this is to provide you with something tangible that you can take away and you can leverage for actionable insights. Uh, it was a bit of a painstaking uh, process, and Jaime and his team will attest to that for sure. Um, there is no single database of social networks 
for the United States for government and public sector. It does not exist. But what this report does is this report actually created it. So here's how we compiled all the data. Step one was to develop a database of government and public sector agencies that we wanted to profile. Then we visited each website of each government agency to find linked social networks. So we had hoped that you had your social networks linked on your website. From there, we then cross-referenced and we searched each social network for your agencies. We cross-referenced a second time on Google. Then we segmented all of that data by location, because you saw the map of the United States. That's how we were breaking um, it into categories. We segmented then all location categories by social networks, of which there are four. Then we audited all of those data sets using third-party software. I also want to point out that at no stage did we have access to any of the social networks, admin or login details. This study is based on publicly available data. And then finally, um, we undertook a bit of a qualitative review in terms of content and the three Fs. And I go into a lot more detail in that in the report in terms of content form, frequency and format. So now for some of the exciting reveal and going into the key high level findings. When it comes to social media, one question that we all ask in this game is, what does success look like? Many of you social media managers might be asked by your line manager, your department head, the chief of police, head of your city council, utility or fire service to grow followers. Followers are vanity metrics, or as Sheryl Sandberg describes them, as metrics that matter, um, but not the full story. So we wanted to go into maybe metrics that give a fuller story. So apart from fans and followers and subscribers, we looked at another couple of key metrics. The second metric being engagement. So what percentage of the people that actually follow you are taking an action and engaging on your content? So like, comment and share, video view, link, click. There's a third metric in here called PPI. This represents page performance index. And what that means is it's a metric that combines two metrics. It combines your engagement rate, but also your growth, how your channel is growing. So how many new followers you're getting each month. And this is a percentage score out of 100, okay? If you're looking at the report and you see a line through any of these metrics, it means that there wasn't any uh, enough data, so enough critical data in order for the, for the software to bring it in. The next thing that we looked at, again, from a YouTube perspective only, is how many followers you were growing month on month on your channel, and then also YouTube only video views. The social networks that we audited were Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We did have data for LinkedIn, but unfortunately, when um, LinkedIn closed down its API in June 2020, 
it then disabled the ability for us um, to use third-party software to get that data. So hence why we have the four. So in total, there were 736 Facebook pages audited, 646 Twitter accounts, 442 Instagram accounts, and 283 YouTube channels. This in itself tells a story. The story that it tells is that the favored social networks in the United States in our sample are Facebook followed by Twitter. So what is a good engagement rate? And I really want you all to embrace these numbers and set them as your benchmark. I know that your peers in Ireland, Australia, and indeed across Europe are using um, my previous studies as benchmarks. And so the Irish study found that the average engagement rate is 0.3%. In Australia, they're quite outliers over there, 1.2%. And then globally, this is a study done by Social Insider, 0.3%. On Twitter in Ireland, the average engagement rate is 0.2%. In Australia, 0.11%. And then globally, 0.06%. On Instagram, in Ireland, the average engagement rate is 0.6%. In Australia, 0.9%, and then globally, 1.1%. I'm going to show you momentarily where the United States fits compared to the global perspective. The one question that I often get asked when I present the results of this study from other countries is, but Joanne, how many team members do these high performing government agencies have and how many resources do they have from a budgetary point of view and are they outsourcing their content creation and those certainly are considerations and the other thing that i want to say at this point is you know the winners and those that are category winners and who are high performing you know that does not come by just money alone that comes from mindset culture commitment and consistency um, and also they're providing um, almost like a, a roadmap and a visionary for the rest of you to perhaps follow and to, uh, to help achieve. So here is where the United States now sits when it comes to average engagement rates. So where does the United States sit in terms of the global perspective and in comparison to the other reports? When it comes to Facebook, on a par with Ireland and the global perspective. When it comes to Twitter, um, actually on a par with the global perspective, but Ireland's uh, Twitter engagement rate is coming up top. And then when it comes to Instagram, again, Australia, Ireland and USA coming in really around the, at the same percentage, but globally, the over the 1%, that's really where maybe you wanna be hitting. So now you have some benchmarks for success. So yes, you want to grow your followers. Yes, you want to have consistency, but really look at that engagement rate and what percentage of our followers are actually engaging with the content. And that's a measure of success. So that brings me to the end of the report methodology, uh, what we did, what we profiled, um, but one light bulb moment that I had when we were putting all of this together, please do your citizens a favor. And if you're not already, 
make it easy for them to find your social networks from your website be more socially discoverable make sure the name of your channels represent and are the same as the name of your organization be the single source of truth and be the trusted voice by showing up level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing plus gain an industry qualification use the code digital marketing 20 for a 20 percent discount visit publicsectormarketingpros.com let's just remind guys uh, the the viewers and those who are going to watch the replay where you are what you work at the clients that you work at and you guys have a wealth of experience in this space so Jaime go ahead and uh, give people a a kind of rundown on on you and your company Definitely. Um, again, my name is Jaime Rojas with Rojas Communications Group. Uh, we have uh, clients throughout the state of California, mo- many of them municipalities, local government agencies. And the first thing they're always asking is, how do we engage uh, very s- average content in their heads, at least, to the general public? And I think that's something that we're always dealing with our clients is being able to do that um and and going from from there uh i'll let tamron introduce herself here sure um tamron olden here and i am with talk public relations and law enforcement social and law enforcement is kind of my niche market and um, law enforcement has traditionally kind of fallen behind the trends when it comes to social media communications and communications in general it's that embedded culture of wanting to withhold information. But as you talked about um, in the very beginning of this seminar, Joanne, is the need to be transparent and the need to tell your own story. And so last year posed a lot of growing pains, we'll call them, um, with these law enforcement agencies. So it's been so great to see them evolve, um, get out of their comfort zone, and your data shows that, um, who those rock stars are and how they, they are leading the way for other law enforcement agencies on the digital spectrum. So were you surprised by the findings and the engagement rates in the report? Or was that kind of a fair assessment of your experience in real life? Good question. I think us being on the ground, we're seeing a very much an uptick. Uh, We weren't too surprised in the sense of the diversity of different public agencies. We've seen uh, municipalities like cities, counties, uh, special districts, fire, uh, water, utilities. So what was more surprising, I think, in my opinion, was the diversity of agencies. But uh, um, for us in our shops, uh, you know, they're calling us to help them in, in this segment. So we're seeing the growth. We're seeing the growth in our business and helping these municipalities. So it was interesting to see the diversity in the different government agencies. I definitely agree with that. Um, there were some where I was surprised at, you know, wow, that's the, like we said, your normal people would term as not non-interesting information um, being showcased out there as top performers. That really shows, I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I like to tease the, a lot of the public safety agencies. Okay, you guys have a lot of sensational, um, exciting stuff. You guys, there should be no reason you don't have content readily and available that's interesting. So when you see those people that you traditionally wouldn't think would show up in those um, top performers, it was it was really, um, really interesting to see that. And shout out to them because they're already starting with a disadvantage, but they were able to not only overcome that, but be someone who's up on the leaderboard for other agencies to look at. Now, we've seen that Facebook is the the most used social network, then it comes Twitter, 
But Instagram is actually growing in popularity. We know that in terms of citizen use. So in your experience, are you finding that the public sector pros stateside um, are willing to jump into Instagram with a lot of enthusiasm? I, for me personally, and I've said it for several years, I've been a huge fan of Instagram from the beginning. I saw the value in um, tapping into a different um, audience and demographic, which has now evolved to change and to be more diverse of an audience. But I really saw that as an opportunity to give people the chance to show their organizations in a more relatable light. It tends to be more of a visual platform, more of a casual platform to be able to relate to people. And having it in that format allows you to make true connections. People love the organic connections. They love seeing the behind the scenes and something that's not so scripted and posed. And I feel that Instagram is the ideal platform for that. I'm also seeing now that as agencies are bringing in staff to fill these roles as social media managers full time. That's also the demographic who utilizes Instagram more. So you're seeing it kind of change and evolve to where you have some organizations that actually get um, way more engagement, reach and followers on the Instagram platform versus the others because their audience and their community tends to favor that platform. And Instagram, as looking at it, is it's for many of the agencies that start off, Instagram is the best, easiest way to go. It's very simple. Um, the usage of it, uh, it, you know, very little training at the beginning. And as you begin feeling comfortable, the visual ability to for people to see what you're actually doing um, opens up a, a whole new dynamic. Uh, we're seeing with agencies, for example, sewage. I mean, who would think sewage would be <laughs> something that people would be interested in? But many don't know the back end of what it takes, the infrastructure uh, from beginning to end. So it, Instagram has the ability to make um, any of these agencies be engaging by using visual and video. It's, it's incredible. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, there was a, a, a statistic that you guys pulled from your data that was really interesting to me of how many agencies are not on the Instagram platform, which was really interesting. And as I started to travel and teach this last year or so, one of the biggest areas that people were wanting training and information on was Instagram because they were brand new to the platform. Right. So um, I really found that interesting that there was such a large percentage of people um, or organizations that weren't present on Instagram. Yeah. And those numbers are growing, as you say, uh, people are, are, are now seeing the value because of their personal experience. They're now using it for uh, the ability to to showcase their their public agencies. And actually, I had Facebook and Instagram at my conference in Dublin about two years ago, and they said that in their experience, uh, on a global level, they're finding that public sector pros are really warming to Instagram because it's a place that they're welcomed, and the atmosphere and the tone is quite positive. So. Going front of screen there, and we know that people spend 60% more of their time on stories than they do on grid and Insta, but they want to see a face, right? Mm -hmm. They want to see a human being speak to them. So that brings me to the whole going front of screen. We know that Facebook, you know, has supported video as has Twitter and live streaming, but Instagram more so really requires that that person-to-person -person engagement. Are your clients willing to go a bit more front of screen and 
kind of use the phone and, and but do a bit more of this? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny for me. I, I always love it. Um, it's kind of, you know, you might say I'm a little evil, but during my trainings, because it is primary law, primarily law enforcement, they're typically not the group that really likes going on camera, that <laughs> likes going live, that likes doing a lot of the, the fun videos or the conversational type interactions with the community um, in general, let alone on a social media network. So my goal always is to get them to just show up. And the thing that I like is that because people want to get the behind the scenes, because people want to see who you are and what you're about, I feel like they give you a lot of grace that if you say, um, or you misspeak, or you don't look so perfect and polished in a class, a uniform behind a podium with a tie with a script. I actually think that that turns people off. Right. They want to Social media is social. It's, it's having a conversation on the digital spectrum. And I'm seeing a little bit of a shift. I always tell my social media managers, find your, your superstars, find your rock stars who are willing to go put themselves out there, be the face of your organization, shed a light, and also give that um, behind the scenes perspective that brings so much value and transparency. So it's it, like I said earlier, there's a lot of growing pains, but it is necessary. And you have to find those people who are willing to do it. Then once the momentum gets going and people see it's not that bad, you'll see some others who are be will who are willing to go and join in and support it. And Joanne, as you said before, I mean, it, getting out of your comfort zone is crucial for this and finding as Tamron mentioned, those superstars, they're superstars in every agency. And it's a matter of just, you know, holding hands at the beginning to get them comfortable, but let them be who, who they are. Um, you don't want it scripted. Uh, you wanted them to be who they are naturally, being able to see what they do day in and day out. And I, that transparency is what, helps improve engagement on the on the communities and stakeholders they serve. Um, it's, it's important uh, for local government to be able to uh, meet the needs of their community, but see what actually happens day in and day out. Do you think that COVID-19 has almost shifted the gear and really put pressure on this sector to be more visible? On social? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure all of us can attest to how busy we've been. And we're, we're very grateful and blessed to have been busy um, over the last year or so because this this tied everyone's hands. It's You have to communicate. It's vital, crucial. It's crisis communications. And now you don't have the in-person meetings. You don't have your traditional forms of communication. So you need to figure it out. And although... Um, people came to that realization, they were able to, from what I saw in the agencies that I worked with, quickly pivot and realize, okay, we obviously, our strategy and our, our the way that we do things is not efficient and is not sufficient to be able to effectively communicate. We need to um, provide dedicated resources, staff. Um, we saw a lot of agencies bring in outside consultants um, like all of us to be able to help them navigate. And now I think, all the clients that I worked with during COVID for communications, I've been able to transition out and not have to be as hands-on. And now they've learned and it's pushed them to grow a lot in a short period of time. It's um, the matter of COVID hitting and the shutdown forced 
everyone to be able to think outside the box. That comfort level was pushed to, to the extreme. Um, some met the challenge and others haven't and are continuing to figure out and, you know, uh, in a way to what's next for us, what works and what doesn't. But COVID was key in, I think, these upticks. And I think in the next couple of years, as we do an analysis from, from 2019 to where we're at, uh, we'll see that the number and rise of, of social media platforms increase in this, in this niche because the need of communication and, and, and the development of trust to the community uh, and transparency being number one. I know I've seen a huge increase in agencies that are now hiring full-time staff dedicated to content creation, to social media management, to PR and marketing for their agencies. Whereas a lot of times they didn't have the staff, they didn't have the budget, the training, the resources, the supplies, the equipment, um, because it was an ancillary assignment that people didn't value. And last year, actually did the profession a lot of good. There was silver mm -hmm. lining in all this, I think, for everybody in the communications world. One thing that I was surprised about is that how aligned the engagement rates are right across the world, from Ireland to Australia to the United States. That's telling us a story that government and public sector are really in a space where they have a right place to speak, right? Not just brands, but they need to be here. Yeah, you you know, people are, they're wanting this. I, I always say, think of it as your modern day form of communication. People will communicate, you know, before they traditionally com communicated through um, in-person meetings, through emails. Um, and even that is now becoming a passe form of communication. So for those who've been able to, come forward and pivot their communications methods. Um, they've been doing well because like you said, every there's a need, there's a huge need and that goes across the globe. Uh, it, it, we're seeing what, gov what government um, is known to do be slow about the usage to its stakeholders, but realizing that the need is cost effective if done right. And as Tamron mentioned, budgets are being increased as we see fiscal years coming in to be able to meet the demand of this form of communication. It's necessary and um, the government agency is slowly uh, pivoting to that to that area. Yeah, so some uh, love for Instagram here, um, for sure from one of our viewers and also not only younger we're being reminded, but older as well, all around my favorite. Absolutely. We would see, we're seeing a huge shift in looking at the analytics of the users um, where there is a huge gap between Facebook and Instagram. And now that gap is closing and your numbers are starting to transition, which is, which is great. I think it's great to have people present on the different platforms because they each have something different to offer. Let's talk a little bit about the marriage of traditional communications and also social. I think the perfect match is both of those together. So we're not saying in this report, ditch your PR, ditch your media advertising or your in-person events. What we're really saying is social can complement what you're already doing. It, it has to be robust. I mean, you, you're di the diversity of your stakeholders is that they're diverse. And to be able to reach everyone, you have to be able to use a tool's that, that is necessary to reach as many people as possible and constantly. Content is king uh, and being in person does make a big difference, but you can't have people come in in person all the time. 
the ability for the phone and digital time we have to adjust to those changes. Yeah, I actually had an, um, a PIO class that I was teaching this week. You know, you forget the value and the diversity of the old school, I guess, as some would term it, um, ways of communicating. And I had someone in class from Mono County who said there's still a large demographic in their community that does not have social media, does not even have internet access, and still relies on your in-person and your local weekly paper. And, you know, it's hard for us to grasp that concept. I said, really? Um, and he said, yes, absolutely. A very large number. So all the, we don't want to, as they say, put your eggs all in one basket. And you can't forget that you have to know your community and know the best way to communicate with them. And by having a communication strategy in place, um, evaluating that and adjusting as you move forward is going to be key in making sure you stay on top of effectively communicating with the public. Not everything works. In, in every agency. I mean, the good example there in an urban and rural area where internet might not be as accessible in some of these um, hard to reach areas. So that's, that's, again, you have to evaluate what works best and what doesn't in your community. So I know we didn't cover TikTok in this report. There just wouldn't have been enough critical data. Um, we might in 2022, but have you had experience of any of your clients embracing TikTok? I see good and bad. I, I feel like it's, <laughs> and I have to be careful. I'm trying to be nice here. I feel that agencies either do it really well and embrace it. And for me, I think the key element in embracing it properly is having the right people because it's all about personality, delivery, having the right person to be that face, to be able to be lighthearted and be fun. On the other side, I've seen some disastrous things um, that I just shake my head at because they're trying to fit into um, this platform in a way that's not coming off. A lot of times it's coming off as unprofessional. Um, it comes off as that they're just chasing vanity metrics, as I, I like to say them, for the views, but there's no true value in what they're doing. So shout out... Um, on TikTok and on Instagram Reels, because you know that um, obviously very similar, and they will cross post that platform on those platforms. Um, CHP West Valley doing amazing, and Phoenix Police Department. Those are two that I would go take a look at. I am highly entertained by them. They're put together very well, but they're also good at using it to put out important messages in a format that's a lot more appealing, which is very difficult to do. So those are some of the agencies that I've seen. So shout out to them, go and check out their pages, great ideas. And they've gotten some really good feedback and reach and engagement. And here's a perfect example of know your audience. Who are you trying to reach out? I mean, that's a specific niche group as well as internally, who's able to understand that platform. Snapchat is a younger age group. Um, and the ability to also think outside in that area, it has to be someone who, who comes naturally. You can't force it. Um, and it's very obvious to everyone outside if you're forcing something that's unnatural to that specific demographic and to that specific platform. And so what are the next steps for the organization's profile? But there are thousands that we just physically couldn't get around to. I mean, What's your advice to them? That's a good question. I think it all begins in, in, at, at the very beginning in analyzing and understanding your audience. Who, who are they? What, do, what is the best way of communicating and doing an audit uh, at, at, from the very beginning? 
Once you know and understand your stakeholders, you're able then to put the tools to be able to make it work. Uh, Snapchat might, might not be for everyone. Uh, Twitter might not be for everyone. But you have to look and analyze and, and know your resources as well because you want to maximize the resources that you have. And if you're there, we're going to do everything and not do it well. It, that's not going to work either. So you have to maximize your resources and understand and know best your, your own audience. I'm a big fan of putting together, although it's very time intensive, it's so valuable, especially with instances like we experienced last year, is putting together a strategic communications plan. Most agencies do not have them. And part of that, the big part is analyzing what you're doing well, um, what type of response, what your improvement areas are, looking at policies and procedures as well, looking right. at your, bu your budget, your staffing, your, your resources. Um, how can you put together a plan, set goals and timelines, test different things, do A-B testing and see what works well, go back and revisit your data, analyze the response, and then make your adjustments as needed. But here's the thing, what works now is not going to work next year. And that's what happens is they have these uh, strategic plans or communications plans that they put together in 2017. And it's completely outdated because they don't see, um, they don't take the time to really truly update it constantly and make sure that it's relevant. It can't be static, just like life, everything changes and you have to adjust to it, pivot, um, and always keep analyzing to see what works and what doesn't. And I also recommend it's okay to test things. It's okay to put things that put yourself out there and see what works and what doesn't and what makes you feel comfortable as the agency, as well as what, what resonates with your audience. One thing I'd like to, last thing I'd like to share on this topic, one of the biggest frustrations, I guess you would say, are roadblocks that a lot of organizations face um, in dealing with trying to progress and move forward with their communications on social media is that they don't feel like they have the support and the buy-in. And that is the most important thing because if you get frustrated, that leads to burnout, that leads to roadblocks, that leads to not being timely, it leads to really feeding into that distrust mm -hmm. because people are looking at you to communicate with them. But if you have to go through 10 people to get something approved and there's too much bureaucracy, I guess, I mean, there's no other way around right. saying it, that it really does make it frustrating for us to do our job. So make sure that your organization has that buy-in from the top down, that it, that they make communications, one of their staple goals of their organization. So that way everybody's on the pa same page, everyone supports the mission and it makes your job a lot easier. So work with your administrators, work with your supervisors to be able to implement these strategies and, um, and really get that buy-in. Leadership is, is crucial in making this successful. It, you might have the best plan, but if you don't have buy-in from leadership, it might as well not have a plan. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more because in my experience, if the culture and mindset does not exist and that comes from the top down, then you're going to see a, a disassociation from you know the strategic point of view to the front line where the great stories can be told. Where can people find out more about your work? We are all in the same game of consulting, training, um, and I want people to follow up. I, we've got the report on screen, but if they want to get in touch with you guys, where can they go? Uh, to our website, which is uh, rcgcommunications.com. All our handles are placed right there. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, I know Tamara and I work well together. Tamara, what your information? 
Um, so uh, my personal handle, you can reach out to me directly is just first and last name, simple Tamron Olden across all platforms. Um, and then also law enforcement, social and talk TOC public relations are the two companies. Um, we have websites. We're across all of our platforms. Um, we would like to be a resource. I always tell people don't hesitate to reach out to run something by me. I'm not going to charge you for that. Um, we're all in this together. And it's so valuable to be able to partner with you guys. Um, I always say they, people, Hey, you guys are working together. Don't you work in the same space? Yes, we absolutely do. But I'm all about collaboration and not competition. There's enough work out there and there's such a need. There's enough out there for all of us that we're able to be more valuable as we, if we unite to be a, a better resource. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, sometimes if it's just to vent cause you're frustrated, um, sometimes that's okay too. We'd be happy to, to, um, to make ourselves available to you. Definitely. Yeah, guys, make sure that you you follow up. And um, I know I've got a summit coming up in September and I have some great speakers from the United States um, and you'll see that on our website. But Tamron, you also have a, an event coming up. Am I right in the autumn? I do. So for those of you um, who are familiar with California, or even if you're you're not, um, I'm sure you've all heard of Palm Springs. So there's um, bonus number one. So you could come hang out in Palm Springs in November, um, where it's a lot cooler and, and nicer out there. But I am having a, um, a conference out there, LESMCon 2021, um, where we're bringing in all the experts from the industry. Um, Jaime's going to be there. We're being, bringing in so many of these industry leaders when it comes to communications and providing workshops and panels um, and networking opportunities to just help everybody move forward and continue to progress and to be able to connect them with some, with some people in the industry who are doing it right. I want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to collaborate with you guys on the state of social media and the public sector USA report. It's taken six months for us to get here, but I think when everyone gets uh, their hands on the copy, they will know why it took us so long and it will absolutely be worthwhile. I want to say that this is only the beginning of the conversation. All of us are going to follow that hashtag SocialGovUSA. The three of us will continue to promote, advocate, and support you when it comes to social media. But for now, I want to wrap up proceedings. I want to thank you to those who watched live, and also, if you're watching the replay, we appreciate you showing up. Um, to Jaime and to Cameron, thank you so much. I'll leave the final words to you. I just wanted to say thank you. You guys are rock stars. I just showed up in the end as a panelist after you guys spent so much time and resources and energy into putting together this amazing report that I can't wait to share. Um, this is so valuable. Nobody, well, um, it's a big commitment. So I don't think not only has nobody done it, but I don't think there's many out there who would be willing to take on this task that you guys did. So thank you so much. This dot, this, you know, document that you put together is going to really, really help people um, progress. And um, I just am so grateful to be part of this. So thank you again to both of you for for having me. No, and thank you, Joanne. Uh, the, the collaboration between all of us was was incredible. It, uh, a great work doesn't happen overnight, as well as great people uh, connect for good reasons. And I think that the reason we connected was to be able to put a product out there um, and information that's crucial uh, and relevant to the time. So thank you for the both of you for um, allowing to collaborate all together.
Yeah, and look, here it is. Um, I got it printed. Yay. It's, it's um, 176 pages. So oh, my goodness. It's massive. But um, it really is. We're, this shows our commitment to the sector and our right. commitment to elevating the standard in the public good. So with that, it's good evening and good night from Galway. And <laughs> good morning. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime for us, so we'll be having lunch. <laughs> I'll see you on the hashtag on social. So thanks, everyone, and good evening. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Take Thank care. You. Bye. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. The new feature on the Public Sector Marketing Show hands over the mic to you. So for the consulting segment, I'm now going to be answering your questions. So that means that you need to leave me a voice note. You need to go to publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash podcast and you can see the option to leave me a voice message. You get to ask a question, anything around public sector marketing, digital marketing or social media. I'll take your question and I will give you free consulting advice right on this show. Top tip, you need to visit the website using your mobile phone because you'll be using the mic on your phone to leave me the voicemail. So go ahead, go to publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash podcast and I look forward to receiving your questions. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. I really hope that you found this episode really insightful. And as I mentioned at the outset, I'd really love to continue this conversation with you around the state of social media in government and public sector in the United States. Social media use is only going to grow and the public sector can catch up with the private sector and we just have to look at the standard from the top performers in this report to really understand and appreciate that, that you can get there too. If you're interested in a one-on-one -on -one with me in terms of discussing your performance in the state of social media report, make sure that you get in touch. You can follow the entire conversation online. Go to Twitter and search for the hashtag SocialGovUSA. And of course, don't forget, you can find me at publicsectormarketingpros.com or drop me an email to info at publicsectormarketingpros.com. If you happen to be tuning in from the UK or Australia or indeed anywhere across the world and you would like to discuss your social media strategy or indeed training for your team, don't be a stranger and get in touch. But until the next episode, Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and review. 
Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. 